Welcome to another edition of the YXC Sports Podcast for the week of August the 31st. Ray Morrison joins me again. It is a new month. I want to say a big hello to everybody that's watching on the YXC Sports Podcast Facebook page, the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Facebook page as well. And uh, a big hello to everybody listening to the audio version of the YXC Sports Podcast. Ray, a lot to get to yep. uh, today on this episode. But uh, first of all, how was the weekend? Uh, weekend was good. Some breaking news from Friday. Um, Ian Roach from Melius Terra bought me lunch. That's not a that's not a regular occurrence. That's that's breaking news right there. When he pulls out his wallet, that's a big thing. So it was great to have lunch Friday with uh, Deb Hobrick and uh, Ian. So that was uh, that was good. Uh, Saturday, what did we do? Watch some ball. Watch some ball. It was who were freezing. we watching? The old lady. <laughs> you were in so much trouble. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, no, my girlfriend was in the uh, city yeah. ball uh, yep. final for competitive ball. That's and a good, uh, that's oh, a good ball that second game, it was a, it's a best of three, right? Yep. And that second game was, was so close. They lost 7-6. It was a hard-fought battle. It was yeah. a good game. And they couldn't quite pull it out. Uh, they also have two more uh, city league games left. Oh, okay. I didn't know that until yep. last night. But uh, uh, yeah, big shout-out to all those girls who played their hearts out over the course of that the was weekend. good. Your mother uh, was chasing around uh, your niece again yep. for much of the weekend. She came out. Gracie came out yep. and watched some ball, so nearly two years old. She uh, enjoyed that quite a bit, so yep. that's good. I uh, went golfing uh, Sunday, Yep. and I think I might have got a little bit windburned. Okay. I, don't I don't know yet, but we'll, we'll, well see where that goes. As long as it's not frostbite. Yeah, well, it's okay. <laughs> be pretty close. Uh, <laughs> lost a couple of golf balls, as is par for the course. Oh, but, there's three uh, right here. But there's three, yes, yeah, there's three so, Wendell Clark's go. golf balls uh, sitting right and in front Wendell of us. Wendell Clark's is about to lose three here at the end of the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, a big last week and this week, a uh, big week in sports in terms of off the ice, off the field, yeah. off the court issues, something that is probably going to go down in history as something that we've never really seen before in, yeah. in professional sports, and that is basically uh, all different teams from the NBA, you know, the NHL, the MLB, all coming together for one greater good and one bigger cause than sports. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, what do you say? The uh, The Toronto Raptors were kind of the team that started this, getting fed up of watching, you know, African-American people die at the hands of police. And, you know, they've tried to, you know, athletes um, with their platform have uh, tried to take a knee, like Colin Kaepernick was nothing but criticized for that. And now um, NBA, NHL, Major League Soccer, they're all kind of um, ramping up their message uh, in, in protest by pushing the schedule back a little bit and saying, you know, we need to have some answers to this social injustice mm-hmm. that's going on. And, you know, it's funny. I was watching a special on Jackie Robinson. Uh, it was on, and it's been on before. It was on uh, the Major League Baseball Network not too long ago. And, you know, honestly, this is a fight that's been going on for decades and decades and decades. This is nothing new. And while we talk about 2020 being a historic year for sports because there's so much media attention. So when something like this comes up to this level, um, that's one of the things that, that, that happens is there's always a lot of attention to it. So... In one way, it is kind of history in the making, but in other ways, uh, it's a fight that's been going on a long time. This Jackie Robinson special talked about his, just his fight to get into Major League Baseball, but then his role, I guess, with and against the government at times to try to help African-American people get banks, 
He helped get a bank off the ground in Harlem and another one in Brooklyn after his playing career in the 1940s. So African-Americans could have the opportunity to get loans, to start businesses. Really, that wasn't all that long ago. Yeah. I mean, that was only six, seven decades ago. So, you know, the fight continues. And all you have to do is, is look at the news conferences of, of a guy like Dominic Smith or Doc Rivers. When they're talking about this, they are, they are literally in tears. And then another great point was made today. I was watching a Seattle television station, and from the Seattle storm of the WNBA, Sue Bird is a player with that team. She's 39 years old, and this was something that really made me think today, Matt, when I saw her. She said, you know, it's funny. When we, you know, 20 years ago, when the WNBA was trying to get organized, and we were trying to be known as sports people, just as a sport, all people wanted to talk about was how we were either black or how we were women or what our sexual orientation was. And now here we are 20 years later, and we're trying to use our platform to do some good for the social injustices that have gone on. And now people are telling us to stick to sports. Yeah. Right? You know, so there's a lot of things right now that are just making us think. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, and in our lives, we've been very fortunate that we haven't faced any of the incidents that, that many in pro sports are trying to fight against. Yeah. And so we're really in no position to talk about that. But to think about... You know, not just things like Black Lives Matter, but what is the role of government at this point in time? What is the role of, um, you know, law enforcement at this time? Because that's under scrutiny and that's being assessed by many people, too. And there are no answers that are going to come from a, a 20 minute webcast. Yeah, uh, I can tell you that because I'm no expert in this. But there are just in, in my mind, Matt, and I don't know what you think about it, but there have just been many things that have just made us think over the last week, week and a half. Yeah, no, and I'm in agreement. And it's going to be one of those things, too, where, you know, how does this conversation, you know, change going forward, mm -hmm. right? I yep. mean, incidents, not incidents, but conversations that have taken place, um, the way that, you know, NBA, the NBA players and the NHL players have shown leadership in, yep. you know, you know, boycotting, protesting, postponing games, whatever you want to call it. It's very interesting that, you know, to see how this is going to change the shape of the conversation for years to come. Yeah. Right. And yeah. of course, the Milwaukee Bucks, I think were kind of the first team to boycott game five. The Raptors were, were shortly thereafter. Yeah. The Raptors um, were the first team to talk about yeah, it. Exactly. And uh, there was actually a, a conversation with Serge Ibaka, member of the Raptors, and Kayla Gray, who is an African-American TSN anchor. And they had a conversation, and Serge Ibaka said they were very close to leaving the bubble mm -hmm. over this. Yep. To show support and, and be in solidarity. So, so it's good that the conversations are taking place, especially, you know, in the National Hockey League, which is, you know, it's great that Ryan Reeves and Matt Dumba and guys like those are, yep. are stepping up. But, you know, some of these white athletes as well. Yeah, and a, and a sport that's predominantly fantastic. white. I yep. mean, to try to raise that awareness and take that, take that knowledge to some new athletes, that's key, yep. right? Absolutely. So I think this has opened up a, a conversation that, you know, maybe otherwise yep. wouldn't have happened or, or definitely doesn't happen as much. So it's great to see that those conversations are taking place here in 2020. Of course, we are live at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar, as we are for every single episode of the YXC Sports Podcast. And of course, they are now open for business. It's a fantastic. The parking lot was full 
when I came in today, and there was people it's, in the lounge. There's people here. in the restaurant. Yeah. You might be able to hear some people in the background, so it's yep. fantastic. Apparently, they had a really good weekend awesome. here at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar as well. Of course, you can enjoy their classics like the chicken tenders, the Wendell Burger, and the best fries in the business. And new to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar is delivery. That's right. You can now have Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar come to you. The best part is that delivery is free on orders more than 30 bucks. You can check their Facebook page for delivery specials and daily specials as well. Of course, Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar is on the corner of Circle and Idlewild. You can call 306-382-1717. And it's, uh, it was a little chilly this weekend, mm-hmm. Ray Morrison. Wasn't it? Of course, that fall feeling may be here, but there's still lots to see and lots of great food at the Petrovka Orchard just northwest of Saskatoon. Temperatures may be dipping a bit, but the trails, the cafe, and the country store are still open. Fresh apples are being harvested and are ready to buy at the store along with other great produce. The Prairie Sensation Cafe has great food. Uh, try the sensational sandwiches, the Petrovka specialties, and the delicious desserts, including the very popular ice cream sundae. Everybody I know loves ice cream sundaes. With the leaves turning color, be sure to make the beautiful drive to the Petrovka Orchard, 30 minutes northwest of Saskatoon on Highway 12. For more, you can visit PetrovkaOrchard.com. Speaking of the National Basketball Association, of course, they did get to playing games yeah. over the weekend. The Toronto Raptors starting round two and a little bit rusty. As well... They, uh, I'm not going to lie, they kind of got punched in the mouth by the Boston Celtics. Well, Boston put up 39 first-quarter points on their way to that win, and they weren't wasting any time. So Mm -hmm. Boston really got a good jump on the Toronto Raptors in that game. And you do wonder, you know, when you hear talk of uh, players maybe leaving the bubble and and even that discussion, you wonder, uh, I I think you're going to see an increased level of play from the Toronto Raptors if they stay in this. I don't think that this was a regular thing, but Boston, to their credit— that was a very quick start. Uh, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart with 21 points each. And so that was a very quick start. Um, but here's something. TSN is reporting that half of the Toronto Raptors have opted to bring their families to the Florida bubble, uh, So, and as, along with other members of the organization. So it'll be interesting to see if that kind of calms the nerves of the players mm-hmm. a little bit or, you know, does it cause a distraction? Yeah. Because, you know, Teams, when they travel on the road, they can be a little bit insular, right? They yep. can be, you know, all they're worried about is just, you know, in a normal year, not this year, but in a normal year, they're kind of worried about, you know, just the hotel and plague and that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see the dynamic that that takes on. But I, I do think that the Raptors, this was a bit of a situation where maybe, you know, Kyle Lowry, again, at the forefront of the discussions of maybe pointing to things other than basketball right now with the world that we're in, maybe they weren't quite as dialed in as um, – as they're going to be later in the series, I think. But that was a little bit of a shock to see Boston bust out, nearly put up 40 in the first quarter, and Toronto on uh, on their heels a little bit in that basketball game. I don't think we'll see that. Uh, I don't think we'll see that again this series. Well, and I think for the Toronto Raptors, even I remember back to last year. Of course, they won the championship in the 2018-2019 season, the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Their first round. Uh, the first game of the first round last year against the Orlando Magic, they actually lost. And yeah. then they came back, they beat the Magic in five, they beat the Bucks in six, and then they ended up beating the Warriors in six too. But one thing about this Nick Nurse-led basketball team is yeah. they've responded to adversity. So it'll be interesting to see how they can respond. And not to take anything away from the Celtics. I think the Celtics are Oh, no, are Boston's a got a very good team. Right? That's what I was expecting, you know, I'm, I'm expecting two teams that are very good to battle yeah. close. Is, yeah, no, I wasn't disrespecting Boston by what yeah. I said there. I was just mm-hmm. saying I, I think I think we're in for some close games. Even though game one, it was uh, it was a little bit of a shock to some the way that was such a one-sided contest. But 
I don't think we'll see that the rest of the series. Well, and there is the possibility with everything going on in the outside world, and even if these things weren't going on in the outside world, but it is possible that players and teams could just be worn down from the bubble lifestyle, right? I mean, when you think about all the protocols that are in place for these bubbles in the NHL and the NBA, it would be taxing, I think, on, on a person's well, you know, I, I, mental you know, health. What's, what's interesting is uh, I had a friend of mine who told me that he hasn't watched much hockey. Just he's not in the mood to watch yeah. hockey in August. He's yeah. just not. And another friend of mine and me were telling him the hockey's been great. You know, the, like you think about the hockey that we've had in the NHL as we switch over there. I mean, you think about the odd man rushes, the comebacks, you know, a little bit of a, a grit to some of these games. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that bubble, it's been good. So I don't know how worn down teams are getting, but in hockey, it's certainly – I haven't watched as much basketball as hockey, but yeah. in hockey, that's certainly not showing up. No, for sure. And, of course, it was just something that I saw over social media yeah. over the weekend is that some NBA players and some teams could be worn down potentially from the bubble lifestyle. It could be a combination of, you know, all things going on and, and you know, being kind of secluded and stuff like that uh, as well. Speaking of hockey, the lone Canadian team remaining in the NHL playoffs is on the brink of elimination. The Vancouver Canucks, Canada's last hope at bringing a Stanley Cup back to Canada for the first time since 1993 is not looking good. Vegas won again over the weekend, two games over the weekend, Friday and Sunday. Uh, They scored three goals, Vegas did, in five minutes and 37 seconds on Sunday evening uh, in the third period. So they ended up beating the Vancouver Canucks 5-3, and I think... You and me were texting about this last night during the game. Vegas is just a better hockey team. Well, it's funny because I don't, uh, you know, I don't know how Vancouver can be caught not once but twice in back-to-back games with too many men penalties. Yeah. There's been a defenseman that has jumped over each yeah. time and has gone, "Oh, I'm in trouble." Try to get back to the bench, and they haven't been able to. So, yeah, Vancouver a little bit out of sorts uh, a couple of times, and that's cost them a little bit. The cool thing about last night's game, Chandler Stevenson from Saskatoon one of the goal scorers for the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, I've been lucky enough to meet Chandler. Terrific young guy. So that's been, uh, that's been kind of cool. But game five tomorrow, um, you know, uh, Travis Green says his team will be ready. I don't doubt that. But you, you summed it up very quickly for me in a text when he just said Vegas is just, They're just a, been better. a better hockey They're just team. better. Yeah. And that's uh, no dis. You know, yeah. discrediting Vancouver, of course, in a normal NHL season, Vancouver would have been on the brink of making the playoffs. Yeah. They're still a rebuilding team, so the future is very bright for this Vancouver Canucks team. And ultimately, I think that this experience for Vancouver playing Vegas in the second mm-hmm. round of the yeah. playoffs is going to go a long but, way. But that's but the other thing, too, is, is, you know, you talked about Vegas being a good hockey team. Yeah, Marcia So, Pacioretty, they're a good, they are a good hockey team. There's no doubt about that. But uh, what's, what's interesting to me is you talked about the experience, right? I really think that run to the cup final for the Vegas Golden Knights a couple of years ago, a lot of the players who are still around from that, they're still feeding off of that. They kind of know what it takes this time of year to kind of get the job done. And that's, and that's really weighed in the favor of the Vegas Golden Knights, I think, on top of the stars they have. But you take a look at it and they are, the other thing about that team is they can play any way you want. They're a good defensive team. They get good goaltending when they need it uh, up front. Like I said, they've got people that can put the puck in the net. They've got Ryan Reeves who can, you know, turn opposing players into bowling pins with hard hits. They, they, they really have it all. And I think that's one of the things in their game is yeah. it's, just, it's just so diverse. They can just kind of roll and play any way that, that opposing teams want to play, and they'll be up for the challenge. Again, that's, that's why I was so shocked at uh, Roussel's antics a couple of games ago. Yeah, 
Why, why, <laughs> why, why would you, you do that? Why never, would you wake? Why you, would you wake the sleeping you've bear? You've never that is proven. Ryan Reeves? You've never proven that you're a team <laughs> that's going to push anybody around. Yeah. Why would you do that? And, yeah. And uh, ultimately, they 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 did pay for that. Vegas is ten and two in this year's playoffs as well, which yep. is pretty remarkable when, yep. when you think it's, about it. It's did been you? A good run. I'm assuming that you watched the majority of the game last night, Vegas, I Vancouver. Yeah. I know a little past your bedtime. Yeah. But uh, did you see Ryan Reeves and Travis Green, the head coach of the Canucks, going at it back and yeah, forth? Yeah, and that's that's kind of the unwritten rule of coaches. Coaches shouldn't talk to players. So those kinds of things, that the, that used to drive John Tortorella nuts. If an opposing coach talked to any one of his players, he used to just hate that. And so, But that also shows you how good Ryan Reeves is, right? Because not only is he getting under their skin, but the coach's skin as well. So, you know, he and Ryan Reeves is going to be up for a conversation from anyone on that bench. <laughs> anyone on Vancouver's bench wants to start a conversation <laughs> with Ryan Reeves, he will be there for it. The one cool thing that came from um, Vancouver, so there was a little, um, there was some speculation about Vancouver's lineup um, going into game two of the series, right? Uh, and so one of the camera guys shot all the sticks and figured out, one of the players that was going to be in the lineup because it was a question mark. Well, game three, what does the trainer do? He puts towels over the names of the sticks so the cameras can't shoot across to see who's in the lineup. And then game four, they grab some old sticks from some players like four or five years ago, and they put those in the lineup too. So Well, and they put the assistant coach's sticks on yeah, the stick exactly. rack too. Like yeah. They put Travis Green's <laughs> stick. They put Manny Maholtra's yeah, stick Manny, on the yeah, – yeah. so. Yeah, interesting that was, that was concept so as well. They're, they're having a lot of fun yep. with Vancouver with that. But, uh, and, I mean, they got nothing to lose. I mean, they're a young team, right? And, uh, yeah, they're down they 3-1 are. in the yeah. series. But nobody was expecting, you know, you know, COVID-shortened season or not. Nobody was expecting you to get this far. So why yeah. not just go out, have some fun? Ultimately, they'll be a better team because of it, because they yeah. have this experience. But I look at a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury for Vegas. Of course, he's not typically the starter. Yeah. Vegas kind of runs that two-goalie system with Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury, two very capable starting goalies. Yeah. Flurry, of course, played in Game Four, but he's been to between Pittsburgh and Vegas. He's been to what five cups? Yep, and he's won three of them. Like yep. even just having that experience in your locker room, even if he's not playing every single day, would do wonders for your team. So Boston, Colorado, and Philadelphia also on the ropes. Yeah, I'm surprised right? by that Colorado thing, but they did lose their starting goaltender in Philip yeah. Grubauer. So. I do like Jared Bednar as a coach. Yeah. Melville yeah, guy, me too. Yeah, yep. good guy. But and maybe uh, Dallas is but, just but, that good. I don't but know. But Dallas is yeah, yeah, Dallas is a really good team, mm-hmm. and, and you kind of. See that with Tyler again, you know, we, how long have we seen that? When Jamie he get, When he gets flying, yep. yeah, it's, it's, uh, they're fun to watch. And former Saskatoon Blade goaltender Anton Hudobin is there. Anton uh, Hudobin is there. He's yep. in between the net for the yep. uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, of course, the MLB trade deadline was today, Monday, as well. The Jays added some depth pieces uh, Robbie Ray, Jonathan Biar, Daniel Vogelbach, Ross Stripling. Uh, they're right there in the playoff push, so it'll be interesting to see if they get in or not. But I think that kind of brings up a conversation in this COVID-shortened season. If you're one of those teams that, you know, like the Jays or the San Diego Padres as well, who acquired Mike Clevenger from the um, Cleveland Indians, how do you know if this is the year to go for it or not when you're only playing a 60-game season, right? A A friend of ours, Les Lazarick, had a really good parting shot on CJWW today, and he was basically saying, you know, yeah, they are a young team. They're exciting to watch. This is all fine and dandy, but uh, the upcoming games against the Yankees, basically Les was suggesting that those might be the games that kind of determine, A, how good this team is, and, you know, eventually if you're going to lock down a playoff spot and you're a team like the Blue Jays that, that has the talent level that they have, you're going to have to win some games, you know, 
against the teams that are ahead of you in the standings in order to get that done. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not doubting that one and, bit. And that'll be interesting yep. to see if these moves kind of kind of help that or not. It's cool to see the Jays doing this well yeah. because, again, nobody, I think, expected them to do this well. But, I mean, when you got guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, uh, there's a relief pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays by the name of Anthony Bass. And at the start of the season, uh, before they kicked back off towards the end of July, he said these young guys don't know how good they are. And we're going to come out and we're going to surprise some people because these young kids are going to go out, they're going to play, they're going to have the time of their lives, and they're a few games over 500. So who knows? But, I mean, if you're a team like the San Diego Padres, who's been really bad for a really long time, well, now all of a sudden in a 60-game season, they got out to a hot start, and now they're kind of selling the farm for a few pieces to try to get them into a late playoff push. So I I think uh, I don't envy being a major league baseball general manager during this season it, it is a one-off i know a lot of people uh you know talking about major league baseball and just this COVID year the one thing about uh the one thing about the um the hockey season was a lot of people had hoped that maybe this would be the year that a Connor mcdavid or austin matthews a young star from canada would be able to put his name on the stanley cup and you know you talk about san diego in baseball yeah that's what you're up against in a year like this, no matter the sport, right? Uh, the NFL is going to be a little bit different. I think you're going to see the more stars regular be the stars yeah. there. But in these situations here, with regards to the NBA and Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League, anything goes. What do you? That's, yeah. What do you what do you, if you're what, a GM? Yeah, right? exactly. Like it's. Yeah, yeah, I don't envy being a, a GM. Also, side note: How sweet are the Padres jerseys? Because they've gone back to those brown and yellow ones. Oh yeah, yeah. The old throwbacks. Yeah. Yeah, Dick Williams, a former manager of the Montreal Expos, actually managed in San Diego. And sure. He used to rock that look very well. Oh, was that the like day. the 40s? Settle down. Wasn't that long ago? <laughs> you just insulted me and Dick Williams. I don't know who Dick Williams is. <laughs> is Dick Williams still alive? That I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll have to check that. We'll have the Wikipedia that after the show's over. I think that pretty much wraps up our time for this week. So uh, Good, thanks a I'm bunch. I'm hungry. Oh, I want okay. some chicken fingers. So you're buying me, you're buying me supper? No. You're buying me some Wendell's Chicken Tenders. Excellent. A big shout-out to everybody. Of course, a big shout-out to our production team, Ian and Deb, as well. Uh, Thanks to everybody who tuned in to the Facebook Live version. Thanks to everybody that watched or listened to the audio version. And, of course, a big thank you to our America listeners because we still have listeners in America. Really? We haven't scared them away yet. Oh, good. Well, that's great. So that's surprising that we haven't scared them away yet, but also very good. Of course, next weekend is the long weekend, the Labor Day long weekend. I wish I could say I'll be at Mosaic Stadium, but uh, that's not going to be a thing. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next week as well. So uh, until then, have a safe week. Enjoy the start of September, and we'll talk to you next Monday.